Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, August 20th, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, thanks for uh, jumping back in while Ashley is up in uh, Stephen King country in Maine. Uh, I, I've never been to Maine. I'm sure it's lovely, but it's where Stephen King is from. So something up there had to mess with his mind enough for him to be Stephen King. I've actually driven by his house late at night and freaked myself out. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I would imagine it has to. <laughs> but um, yeah, Stephen King, big tie backs to Broadway there. Uh, you know, Misery, uh, some mm-hmm. carries, some uh, yeah. things um, like that. I feel like there's a new one that um, might be going to London, I've heard. A new adaptation of one uh, that won Evo Van Hova or Van Hove, depending on if you want to use the Danish uh-huh. pronunciation or not, might be directing. And it might be set in a secluded hotel. So I don't know if that's confirmed, but that's what I've heard. And uh, you might need some red rum if you go. Well, you know, uh, given the success of Seawall of Life, um, you know, maybe uh, Stephen King and maybe David Mamet could put an evening together. <laughs> I have a feeling those two would not get along. Uh, but <laughs> speaking of, of Stephen King collaborations, I did see the world premiere of the Ghost Brothers of Darkland County, which he wrote oh, with yeah. John Mellencamp. So I uh, saw that many years ago. So uh, he's done it. It didn't do it very well, but he's done it. Well, you know, uh, you got to you got you got to try new things all the time, and yeah. uh, some some of them work out, some of them don't. Yeah, it's not like he has enough money to just sit back and live his life without having to lift a finger one more time. Yeah, poor J.K. Rowling, no longer a billionaire. <laughs> oh no, really? Yeah, I'm shocked. Shocked. She gave all of her money away. She's oh, good like, for her. She's like, I don't need this money. Good for her. I know. I wish we could be closer with her, though. <laughs> Is that wrong? Is that yeah, wrong? No. Well, at least nobody's recording any of this. No. All right. So, uh, and if your shows are good enough, eventually Roundabout will do them, right? I mean, maybe. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, um, yesterday Roundabout announced two major revivals, in quotes, coming to Broadway. I feel like the theater guides knew that you would be doing the show today, James, and blessed you. <laughs> With a cornucopia of news. The first of these shows and the first of these announcements uh, was that the recent Olivier winning production of Tony Kushner and Janine Tesori's Caroline or Change will be coming to Broadway this spring. And it will be bringing with it the woman who won the 2019 Olivier for Best Actress in a Musical, Sharon D. Clark. Directed by Michael Longhurst and choreographed by Anne Yee, the revival will begin performances at Studio 54. Remember that? In March 13th. March 13th ahead of an April 7th opening. The show originally premiered on Broadway in 2003 and tells the story of an African-American maid whose world of 1963 Louisiana ripples with change, both large and small, and she has singing parties with uh, washing machines. But um, James, I did not see the original with Tanya Pinkins, of course, the legendary Tanya Pinkins. So I'm very, very excited to see this. I've listened to the cast album for well, a decade and a half now. So uh, very excited to finally be able to see this on stage. Yeah, this is going to be a a real welcome return back to Broadway. It's such a good show. And uh, and it's one of those things, uh, it's been out of sight, out of mind. And I'm really excited that's coming back. 
Yeah, and it's going to throw a lot of Tony races yeah. uh, up in the air. I think a lot of people were thinking, oh, well, Evo's West Side Story, that's there for best oh, revival. Yeah. Hold your horses. Then maybe, you know, uh, Adrian Warren, Karen Olivo, uh, you know, thinking about that best actress in a musical uh, statue. Uh, Sharon DeClark is coming in. So uh, anyway, James, let's move on to the next show that RTC announced, and that will almost certainly be considered a revival for Tony purposes, but it will be the Broadway premiere of the 1982 Pulitzer Prize winner for drama, Charles Fuller's A Soldier's Play. Directed by Tony winner Kenny Leon, the show will star three-time Tony nominee David Allen Greer and TV and film star Blair Underwood. The play will begin performances on December 27th at the American Airlines Theater with an opening night on January 21st. This run will cozy on in between The Rose Tattoo, which is scheduled to close on <laughs> December eight on December eighth, nineteen days before uh, a soldier's play is set to begin performances, and then on the after on the back end, birthday candles is scheduled to begin performances on April seventh or on April second. I haven't gotten to see a final performance date for a soldier's play yet, but I would imagine it's probably uh, pretty close to that. Um, in in the show, it is set in nineteen forty four, and a black sergeant is murdered on a Louisiana army base. Both shows set in Louisiana and one tenacious investigator must race against his white leadership to unravel the crime before they unravel him. The show premiered off Broadway in 1981 at the Negro Ensemble Company and featured a few people you might have heard of uh, Denzel Washington and Samuel L. Jackson, along with Peter Friedman and more. Uh, James, two things of note. I had known that Carolina Change was coming for a while, but I had understood that it would be playing the Sondheim. Obviously, that is no longer the case. So that house is still open. I don't know why, uh, but there is a, a vacancy in the spring. And I am just hoping, holding out hope that an actual Sondheim show will go in there. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but fingers crossed. The other note is that with producing these two shows in particular, James, I, I, I haven't crunched the data exactly, but I feel like RTC might have just doubled the number of actors of color that they have had in their Broadway shows from the past decade or so. So good for them. Uh, Beautiful closes in October. I believe there will be something after Beautiful, but not in the spring. Hmm. Very interesting. The... Uh... The the back wall of your of your home is now uh, got a little <laughs> little empty spot in it. Well, there's actually only one empty spot in the fall. Believe it or not, the Belasco is the only theater that does not have a tenant for the fall season. So they do have something starting in February with Girl from the North Country, but Network closed. I think it was like. June 8th and um, Girl from the North Country begins on February 6th. Are they going to leave it closed and vacant for eight months? The Schubert's can afford it, but who knows if they try to sneak something in there on a limited run in the fall. Anyway, last week's Broadway grosses. What do we got here? They, uh, Yeah, the grosses were down a little bit from the previous week, James, but that's to be expected following the closings of The Prom and Be More Chill the previous week. Broadway did pick up one show for half a week of previews, and that's the Betrayal revival presented by Marvel. Uh, 
However, those two superheroes were not enough to keep the grosses from dipping 5% across all Broadway shows. They came in at $31,972,753. The new show of the week, Betrayal, did $421,282, or 80% of its potential in just four performances. Now, looking at how the shows that closed this past Sunday did in their final weeks, the share show showed them all how it was done, crossing into seven figures again, pulling in just under $1,040,000 in its final frame. King Kong was next at $846,000, while Pretty Woman was in at $691K. Unsurprisingly, Hamilton was on top of the grossest totem pole, although technically the most respected thing on a totem pole is on the bottom. But anyway, mm, yeah. um, Hamilton was at $2,966,602, and it was joined by not one, but two shows north of $2 million, The Lion King at $2.3 million, and Moulin Rouge at two point one. Now, James, this isn't a huge surprise as yesterday the Broadway Journal looked at how the ticket prices have gone up for that show uh, since it first started its run. And spoiler alert, they've gone up a lot, including some mezzanine seats being uh, as high as uh, $229 on Friday and Saturday nights. And the very last row has climbed from $99 to $129 before fees. So uh, if you want to get in there, I would get in there quickly. So anyway, um, moving on from there, the other shows in seven figures were To Kill a Mockingbird, Wicked, Aladdin, Ain't Too Proud, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Hadestown, Frozen, Dear Evan Hansen, The Phantom of the Opera, and The Book of Mormon. Barry Manilow was just 13K away from crossing into seven figures, despite having only done four performances. Unsurprisingly, as summer winds down, three of the four shows that dropped over 100K from the previous week were the three Disney shows, and the other one was Wicked, so more or less the same thing. However, all of those shows, as noted from the Million Dollar Club, are doing just fine, so I'm not worried about them. But talking about shows that are not doing fine, James, without looking, do you want to guess what the open-ended show with the lowest gross total last week was? Open-ended. Yeah, it does not have a, a closing date already announced. Yeah. Um, I can't even I can't even guess. If it was Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm saying if it, if it's open-ended, it, you know, certainly uh, I I can't think of anything that's open-ended that is is struggling. It, it is a show, uh, it's not Tootsie, which actually did fairly well at $826,810. It is, in fact, Chicago at $600,124. Oh. $600, now, this show has long since recouped, obviously, but it has been north of seven hundred k only four times in this calendar year, and most weeks hover between the high 50s and low 60s in terms of gross potential. So I'm not saying that it's closing on Labor Day. Ne you know, next week. But I certainly don't think that it's outlasting Phantom if you're picking up what I'm putting down. Oh, sure. Wow. I would have I would have never guessed that we would have been here for 20 minutes while I guessed all the different shows that <laughs> we're not currently running. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. You'd th thrown in daddy long legs or something. Yes, exactly. Uh, getting the band back together. <laughs> All right. So uh, next up, Carol Shorstein Hayes, Robert Niederlander reach a settlement over the San Francisco theaters. 
Yeah, James, if you'll remember last month, Ashley and I talked about the crazy feud and lawsuits between former partners Carol Shorenstein Hayes and Robert Niederlander that in part surrounded Shorenstein Hayes booking Broadway tours, including Dear Evan Hansen, into the Curran Theater, which she owned although she allegedly had an agreement with Niederlander not to do so. Well, yesterday, the pair announced that they had reached an amicable settlement. Under the agreement, the Orpheum and the Golden Gate are now owned and exclusively controlled by Niederlander, and the Curran will continue to be owned and controlled by Shorenstein Hayes. As fully independent enterprises, no longer any connections between them, both parties may book and operate their respective venues without restriction. So, James, this paves the way for the pre-planned Harry Potter and the Cursed Child sit down at the Curran, which, of course, was already in rehearsal. So it was they expected to figure something out. Um, who knows how long that will run? But it's good to know that when it does eventually close, that San Franciscoites will have another option to bring in first-class productions. But I want to know, you know, what the depositions were that got, got it to that point, you know? Oh, they're, <laughs> they're, they're out there. And let me tell you, they are wild. Uh, I'm thinking Carol, it, could, it could be the next Mammoth play, can it? <laughs> What's your obsession with Mammoth all of a sudden? Um, they're, they're wild. We talked about it when Ashley and I discussed this, that the judge criticized her for giving ludicrous, non-real answer answers. Um, the depositions, or not maybe not the depositions, but the actual testimony and the, the, the legal briefs and everything are in there, and it does not paint her in a great um, light, but she's a gazillionaire, so what the hell does she care? Hmm. All right. So what do we have in the show and casting news? All right, James, on yesterday's show, I mentioned that Barry Manilow and Bruce Sussman's Harmony would be going to the National Yiddish Theater Folksbain later uh, or early next year. Well, yesterday, Page Six reported about a starry reading that was recently done for the show. Directed by Warren Carlyle, the, the reading featured in the performance Jared Spector, Rob McClure, Reeve Carney, Nicholas Barish, John Bailman, Kate Baldwin and Jesse Mueller. Now, that's a lot of star power. So who knows who, if any of them, will end up in this uh, National Yiddish Theater production. But that's quite the impressive list. Uh, by the time this comes to off-Broadway, Reeve will still presumably be in his first year contract at Hadestown. Rob McClure is in Beetlejuice, but I think he might be leaving soon to go do Mrs. Doubtfire out of town. Um John Bailman is in Tootsie right now. Who knows if that makes it to February or not. But uh, if any of them decided to stick on, that's a, that's a great cast. Speaking of casting, next up yesterday, the upcoming Broadway production of The Lightning Thief, colon, the Percy Jackson musical, announced its company and, as expected, it will be the cast from the recently wrapped tour. Chris McCarroll, Izzy Figueroa, uh, Jarrell Javier, Ryan Knowles, Sam Laked, Sarah Beth Pfeiffer, James Hayden Rodriguez, Jalen Steele, T. Siobhan Stewart and Kristen Stokes will be the, the show's company. Performances begin at the Longacre Theater one month from today on September 20th. And finally, yesterday, producers announced their creative team behind the upcoming musical inspired by the iconic television series Soul Train. The show's book will be written by former Tony Omnibus episode guest Dominique Moriso, choreographed by Camille A. Brown, and directed by the Apollo Theater's executive producer, Camilla Forbes. Also joining the team as executive producer will be four-time Grammy winner and the author of the book, Soul Train, 
the music, dance, and style of a generation, Amir Questlove Thompson. The show is planning to premiere on Broadway in 2021 to celebrate the show's 50th anniversary. Oops. Uh, James, I don't know much about Soul Train other than there was uh, a lot of fun to be had and even more gold lame jumpsuits. But with a team like this, I don't think anyone can really complain about them working on this show. It's quite the team. And uh, uh, a few chat boards uh, uh, have been quite up in arms saying that this might be a waste of talent and the other half of the chat boards is saying you know give them a chance so i'm gonna say let's come down on give them a chance but it yeah. is quite the collection of uh of talent pulled us together yeah i mean and i think that's the thing too is that you don't really know what the story is because it wasn't like soul train was a fiction series it was a dance show or music show so who knows what story they're telling i don't know if it's telling the real story of the show or if it's going to be some sort of fictionalized thing but with those people involved i'm sure that they're going to tell a good story no matter what it ends up being i'm excited about this it's shaping up to be a really bright future for all of us gonna get you up here to see a lot of shows right let's let's hope let's hope knock on wood (laughs) when's your next uh your uh, next uh, possible visit the plan is uh, november so that i can see both um uh little shop of horrors and Ooh, the avita right. at uh city center oh great yeah. did we ever find out who the uh ava Perone is i know someone who was offered it and had to turn it down but i don't know who they have settled on as of yet I'm uh, looking forward to that uh, that announcement. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Tuesday with us, and uh, I think Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. Somebody will be. Somebody will be.